Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Hallelujah. Okay, now let's open our Bible to the book of Philippians. And I want you to look up here. This is our third and final week on a little mini-series titled Secrets to Peace. Secrets to Peace. It's God's will that his children would walk in peace. Regardless of what's happening in your life, regardless of what's happening in our city, it is God's will for us because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. How many know Jesus is the Prince of Peace? Amen. And the Prince of Peace lives in our hearts. It's God's will that we would walk in peace. But peace is something that we have to, we have to learn how to walk in peace. And so I want to begin, first of all, first of all, by giving the definition of peace. We've kind of done this every message thus far. And so peace is an inner calmness that rests and rest that only comes from God. There is a calmness and rest for our hearts that we can only get from Jesus. It's freedom from worry, disorder, and confusion. It's not God's will for you or I to be living in this constant churning and worrying, stressing all the time. And what we tend to do is we say, well, I'm just being responsible, so I'm worrying about it. That's not responsible. How many know God is responsible for all of our cares? The Bible says, cast your cares upon the Lord. All right? And uh, a, a great man of God said, peace is inward rest through his presence in the heart. When you're born again, the presence of Christ, the Spirit of God comes and lives inside of your heart. And so it naturally should bring inward rest. It's the innermost tranquility caused by contact with him. And our prayer is that there would be a deep and profound contact with Jesus. Now last week we mentioned the fact that anxiety is literally a war against our soul. So, so we covered last week, if you have not gone through this series, please go back and listen. Go back and listen because it's important that we learn how to live in peace. We're our best selves when we're in peace. We make the decisions, our best decisions when we're in peace. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Now that stands in stark contradiction with what's happening today. Listen to this. The American Institute of Health estimates that over 75% of all visits to primary care physicians are for stress-related problems, okay? Stress brings even, it even impacts us uh, in a very physical way. And we've, we, we talked about the importance of celebrating him. That's the first secret. You'll see it in the text. How do you get peace? Just start by celebrating, by rejoicing in Jesus. Amen. How many know the minute you start rejoicing in Jesus, your heart starts to get filled with peace? Then secondly, we learned, and you're going to see this in a moment, we learned that we're supposed to push back anxiety. We push it back. We don't let it in. Everybody say push it back. 
That's right, you gotta push back anxiety. We have to learn uh, 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 how to push back anxiety. I'll read that to you in a moment. And then we're gonna, let's look at the text for the day. We'll come to our third uh, and, and final message on secrets to peace. But watch this, it says, rejoice in the Lord always, celebrate Him. Okay, that's the first secret. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Why? Because the Lord is near. How many are thankful that Jesus is near today? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then, watch this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, circumstance, no matter what comes at you, instead of giving in to anxiety, you push it back by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. We present a request to God, and here's what happens. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We push it back, and he builds a wall around our hearts. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now today we're gonna drill down on the third secret of peace, and here's what it says. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, and let me pause here, okay. Uh, how many have discovered that men and women think differently? <laughs> Last service, a bunch of brothers shouted amen. I was like, shh. <laughs> but that's a whole other sermon, right? We think differently, we respond to things um, differently. But here's what the Bible says, whether you're a, a, a man or a woman, okay, we can all step into the Lord's peace. It's God's will for all of us. In other words, it's not unique. Sometimes, well, that's the way you look at it, no. The, what Jesus is saying is, regardless of how you look at it, there's a way to step into his peace. Okay? So it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, seven things, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, I know that's eight, but they're all praiseworthy, so we're focusing on seven. Think about such things. Everybody say, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, come on, these four words, ready? Put it into practice. Peace is something that has to be put into practice. Peace is something that's available to you, it's available to your family, it's available to your home. I believe that the Christian home should be a house of peace. How many would say amen? I believe that people should walk into our homes and say, man, there's something about this place that the peace of God is here. You see, but that is a, that emanates by, from what's happening in our hearts. That's what's happening in our spirits, the way we live. And God says that we should be in peace and we should put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. And the God of peace will be with you. Now the title of today's message, and this is the third secret, and what we have to do to really walk into peace is we have to update our thinking. Everybody say, I need an update. I need an update. 
Yes, you do. We all do. We all do. We need an update. It's amazing that thousands of years ago, Paul was talking about not the physical computer, but this, this computer. This computer has to be constantly updated. How many know about that little sign on your phone, right? How many know? Uh, do we have that? Where, where is that? We, we're having a little, there it is. How many know that little red dot says, it's time to update your phone? Okay. And, and, and when they update the phone, the purpose of that update is to make it better. The purpose of the update is to, is to make your phone better. And I know you love your phone. Okay. But there's an update that has to take place. Listen to what Dr. Caroline Leaf, she's written a very important book on our brain, on our thinking. She's a Christian, and she talks about, about uh, even she has a thing called a mental detox. You should check it out. It's very, very detailed about the brain, but she's a specialist on the brain. And here's what she said. She said, thoughts are real physical things that occupy mental real estate. Moment by moment, every day, you are changing the structure of your brain through your thinking. When we hope, it is an activity of the mind that changes the structure of our brain in a positive and normal direction. The way you think impacts you and actually changes your brain. It actually changes your, your, your mind and then it eventually starts to impact your heart. And so it is important that we learn how to update our thinking because the Bible says be transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind. Be transformed. How do you change by renewing your mind? What does that say? It means update. Well, one of the things I'm praying is that, that after this series, that as the days go by, when the devil starts getting in, when, when anxiety starts getting in, you're like, you're going to say, Lord, update my thinking, God. I need an update right here. I resist that unholy thinking in the name of Jesus. It doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to be stressed out. You don't have to be um, frustrated, angry, or whatever it is. You don't have to be in a state of burning lust. Ooh. <laughs> what you need is an update. So I want to pray that God would help us to put this into practice. This is God's desire for you. And let me just say one more thing, and then we're going to get into this. When, I, when you read in the epistles, Paul says to them, look, I talk to you like a mother. I talk to you like a father. And when I read those things over the years, I've learned that the way to love, I was talking about this last week, is like it's with a fatherly love that the best way to counsel is with the heart of a father. It's like if this is your family or your best. And so I've, I've had the joy of spending a lot of time with my grandkids lately. And I want you to think about it this way. 
If my, one of my grandchildren was worried about something, you know, you know, little kids worry about all kinds of their doll, you know, the Lego broke. It's all kinds of crises that they go through. But if it's a crisis for them, how many know you want to step in and do something? Because the last thing you want is your grandchild going like this. And could you imagine if one of them was worried about eating? That would make me pull out my hair. You know, that's the way the Lord feels about you. He doesn't want you to be stressed out. That's not God. That's, you, do you realize God's heart for your life? It's so deep. His love is so profound. It's so amazing. But if we don't constantly update our thinking, we don't even understand how God loves us. And so I want to pray for a supernatural update from on high. How many are open to some fresh revelation from on high? You open for some fresh revelation? So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for this day and this time. And I pray, Lord, that you would breathe on the next few moments and that you would touch every life, touch every heart and mind, oh God, and release us from things that bind, release us from anxiety, from worry, and help us to step into peace. Help us by your mighty power to step into peace. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen. amen and amen. Now, before I get into some quick application points with this text, I also want to say this. I was meditating on this all week. And by the way, today is one of those sermons that I just got to walk through. This is a, just a conversation that we got to have. And um, I was meditating this week and kind of thinking and discovering afresh from even from practice, regardless of where you find yourself, okay, you can step into peace. You have to put it into practice, okay? Updating, it means that you're, in a sense, potentially not in the center of peace, but you start to take steps to move you towards that centered place where the peace of Christ rules in your heart. So you could be in pain, and God is able, even though you might have emotional pain or actually physical pain, God is able to release something from his spirit that even though you're in pain, how many know you can step into peace? There's a peace that surpasses understanding. You could be in fear, and even though you, you're, you're, you're afraid of something, if you put it into practice, you can get, you can walk away from fear. It, it, it's a process, but you can get into the place where supernaturally speaking, you are blanketed by the peace of God and the thing that was making you afraid no longer makes you afraid. Amen. Same thing for defeat. Same thing for disappointment. Sometimes life can be very disappointing. What do you do when you're disappointed? Or maybe you're here and you're being defeated by some kind of sin. Maybe something, something has really got you. Okay, something has charge over you. And what happens is, is the enemy and the anxiety and the lies says run away from God. But you're not supposed to run from God when you're in defeat. How many know only Jesus can give us the victory? We're supposed to run right to God. How many are thankful that the, the throne of grace is open? 
but you have to put it into practice. So, so let's, let's walk through this very quickly. Uh, when we update our thinking, here's what, what Paul is actually teaching us. Number one, he's teaching us that our minds need godly, everyone say godly. Our minds need godly updates. The phone has like technical updates, but we need godly updates. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, here's the update. Ready? Read it with me. Think about such things. So there's an update, there's a, a change, and here's an interesting thing. If you, when you get one of those update messages, you can actually click on it, and then the message will actually tell you what it's doing. It will tell you what is the purpose of the update. And so when it comes to your phone, you see, you know, you can actually hit that, and it'll tell you all the things that it's doing. So fundamentally speaking, a software update is, re is a rewriting of code to perfect the functionality and application or operating in order to, okay, first of all, improve safety. You can think, some people think, and you know what, you think dangerously. You have dangerous thinking. And you, there's things running through your mind that lead you to all the wrong places. But when you get an update, you start to think, and it improves your safety. How many know God wants us to have safe, godly, holy, restful lives? Amen? You see, but there's an improvement to your thinking, and it'll move you away from dangerous things and hurtful things, okay, into safe things and blessed things. And so God wants to literally improve our thinking today. Secondly, to repair broken functionality. Our world, but our country is marked nowadays by broken emotions and broken thinking. People are, are undergoing more counseling. People are undertaking more medication. I mean, this is epidemic. People feel broken. People are walking around and they feel broken. But I'm here to declare to you that the Holy Spirit can transform your brokenness into wholeness. How many believe that today? You don't have to stay in brokenness. You can be healed. You can be transformed by the power of the Word of God and of the Spirit of God. There's a rewrite that can take place so that the past won't affect you any longer. It's a mystery how the Holy Spirit does it, but he does it. He does it by his mighty power. But we need to let the Holy Spirit bring that update. And listen, here's the last thing. Okay, the last thing that these updates do, when you get a spiritual godly update, it provides new capability. New capability. Now what that means is that um, uh, mentally, emotionally and spiritually, you might be one of those people who says very often, I can't. I can't. I can't say I love you to my family. Why? Well, my dad never said I love you. And since my dad never said I love you, I just can't get it out of me. Okay, or I can't trust people. They could send me a keyboard player. I can't trust people. 
Why? Because I have such a horrendous background and so many awful things and so many people took advantage of me and hurt me that I just can't. And yet, there's something about the Word of God and the presence of God. How many know the Spirit of Jesus will make you say, oh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He can fix and he can expand our abilities and our capacities. And Pastor Matt and I, we were talking in the office before first service. We were just talking and um, uh, Pastor Matt said, let's pray. And, and we just both kind of started crying in the office because we were like saying, Jesus, we just want to go deeper in you, Jesus. We want to go deeper in you. We want to be closer to you. We want to know you, Lord, in ways that we've never known you before. We just started to reach out to God in the office and say, Lord, there are depths to you, Lord God, that we long to discover. Would you please reveal yourself to us? Amen. Let me tell you something. There are revelations of Christ. There are revelations in Christ, things that he wants to show you about himself. It'll change everything about your life. It'll change everything. And look, you might be sitting there. Can I tell you, it's an interesting thing, or I'm going to give you a little secret. So when you preach, you, don't, you can't really focus on people because there's too many in this case, right? I mean, if it's too, you know, this road, it's different, but it's a little bigger now. But a lot of times, even while you're speaking, you see people going like this. Or a variety of things. And those things are happening because the word is hitting you and you're responding based on where you are. You see? You're responding based on where you are and uh, uh, now everybody's gonna be like this when I preach. <laughs> I shouldn't have told you that, right? So, oh, you messed me up now. But see, see, listen. We were talking, there's an old hymn that says, there is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God, a place where sin cannot molest, near to the heart of God. Oh Jesus, uh, 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 oh Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God, hold us who wait before you near to the heart of God. Listen, Jesus wants us to be near to his heart. How many believe he wants us to be near to his heart? How many would say amen? Because I've been noticing, I've, I feel like the Spirit, while I've been preaching, I feel like the Spirit has been revealing something to me, even about our, about our congregation and especially about men. The Spirit, I was preaching on the third service, but this has been happening often. I was preaching in the third service last week, and the Lord reminded me of something, that when I first became a Christian, uh, and remember, so I grew up in Brooklyn, and I, I grew up in the hood, and you had to fight your way to school, and you had to fight your way back. I went to Catholic school, and so, and there was a public school by us, so we had to have the tie and the uniform. And guess what? When you had one of those uniforms on, you were like, pray. The public school guys, they were just like, there's bus pass money, and so we had to fight going and coming. I grew, I grew up in the hood. So when I got to church, and, I, and there's this whole new world in church. Here's what the devil used to do to me. Sometimes when I was in church and they were 
singing or worshiping and the Spirit of God would start to draw near to my heart, I would want to reach out to God. And then the devil would say, who are you kidding? And he would say, what if the guys in the neighborhood, what if one of those guys sees you and you got your hands up crying, they're gonna call you a sissy. And you know what the devil would do? He would shame me right in church. Because I used to think that this is what it takes to be a man. You know how you guys do it, you're like, you say, stop fronting is what they used to say. I don't know what they say now, but you know, it's like, I'm cool. Okay, listen, you're not the man that you are meant to be until you can press into Jesus and experience the fullness of his glory. How many would say amen? Play that song, I just wanna be where you are, honey. So, so, so we have to be mindful of the fact that God wants to change the way we think so that we, he changes not only the way we think, but then the way we start to live. Let God change the way you live. Let him put it into practice. Let him move you from ungodly practices into godly practices, you know? Let him do it. And don't worry about what the devil says. Don't worry about the, what the world says. I remember, I, I don't know, I didn't say this last service, but I feel like I'm supposed to say this service. I remember, so now I'm serving the Lord about seven or eight years, and some of my family would sometimes make fun of me and all that. And I used to say this plain and simple. Hey, look, I've only been serving God seven or eight years, but here's what I think. I think that living for Jesus, I think the kind of walk, everything, the friends, the family, I think my life is way better than your life. Amen. <laughs> you guys gossip, you fight, you know, you drink, you get blasted, you get in trouble, you gossip, you fight, you drink, you get blasted, you get in all this kind of trouble. Us, it's all good, we're cool. How many know it's good to be in Jesus? How many would say amen? Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He makes it better. That's what an update does. Now, very quickly, we need to know that updates can be ignored. All of this, and then he says, I know I've been a broken record today, but, but watch this. You know what he says? He says four words in the bold, ready? Put it into practice. So every one of us has seen this thing on our phone. Could you put up the next image? Okay, right there. Say, we hit the later button. The reason why, please look at me, the reason why Christians don't grow quickly is because of that button right there. The reasons that we're not transformed and renewed by the power and the Spirit of God is because of that button right there. It's not what the devil is doing. It's not what the world is doing. It's not what your past is. It's that button right there. He says, update. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Finally, whatever is good, whatever. Look, you start to update your thinking now and little by little. I'm telling you right now, just 30 days of updating. Start updating. Start reading your Bible for 30 days in a row. Start seeking God for 30 days in a row. And come back and talk to me at the end of those 30 days. You're like... Like, I can't believe this, but I'm, I'm different. I'm different. But it's that button. 
So real quickly, why is it that people keep hitting the later button? Let's just go over this and we're gonna, I wanna close quickly so we can pray. First of all, sometimes we're afraid. Some people say, I can't handle what the update will reveal. Some people are like, well, if I start serving God, if I get serious about Jesus, he, he might show me this and he might ask me to do this and he might ask me to do that. It's too deep. I can't go too deep. A lot of people are afraid of God. But what we have to understand is that whatever God has for you and whatever he's going to show you, it's way better than whatever you want and whatever you are pursuing. How many would say amen, a strong amen? Jump in with both feet. Jump in. Stop hitting the later button on God. Stop hitting the later button on God. Hit the update button today. Listen, Eagle says, I don't want to admit that I don't know this. I got this. Oh, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got this. I got it. Okay? So when you're in your 20s, you think you, think you know all this stuff. Then when you're in your 50s, you realize you don't know anything. <laughs> the older you get, the more you realize, oh, Jesus, I need you, Lord. I need you. How many know we need him? And we need to keep on learning. Independence from God is a terrible thing. Update and get dependent. Give me this day my daily bread, Lord. Lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from every evil. I can't handle it on my own. Lastly, our flesh says, I can update later, but for now, I want the pleasures of sin. Some people, it just, look, I love my sin. I love it. This is what I want. I have to have that person. That person is destroying me, but I have to have them. This computer is destroying me, but I have to have it. This, this habit, this relationship is destroying my family, but I have to have it. Okay, this whatever, this pleasure, it's wrecking, destroying everything, but I have to have it. In the name of Jesus, you do not have to have it. Jesus wants to set you free from that which puts you in bondage. You know, we're living in a day where preaching against sin is like sketchy, but I'm telling you right now, sin will destroy you. You can never control sin. You can never manage sin. You don't handle sin. Sin handles you. If you're living in sin, because of the love of Jesus, turn away from your sin. He receives you right now. No matter what you, no matter what you're in, he receives you right here, right now. He receives you. Aren't you thankful for the blood of Jesus today? He's ready to cleanse. He's ready to forgive. Don't ignore it. Don't hit the later button if you're trapped in sin. So there, you, we need godly updates. We can ignore updates, but then Paul gives a quick update strategy. Okay. He gives a list, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So I wanna go through this list 
just in one minute. We don't have a lot of time. Go ahead and put up the next slide. So here's what God is saying. Look, if you focus on what's praiseworthy, I've got seven things because they're all praiseworthy, even though it lists sort of an eight. Focus on what's praiseworthy, and God will focus on protecting you. He'll guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Number one, whatever is true, the word of God, the word of God should frame all our thoughts, responses, and decisions. We've got to get full of the word. Start reading your Bible today. Can I get an amen? amen. Today. Anybody got a, can I borrow your Bible, sister? So look, come all oh, snap. This is exactly. That's what your Bible should look like right there. Hallelujah. I'm going to steal some of her notes for a couple of sermons here. See? You know what Moody said? Moody said, mark your Bible and let your Bible mark you. Love the Bible. Love it. Go home and read the Bible. When's the last time you read a couple of chapters of the New Testament or a psalm? Go home and read the Bible. You're going to feel better. I mean, that's good food. Hallelujah. This is the food. This is the bread of life. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You have to open the Bible if you want to get it in you. It's not just going to jump in your head. You have to open it. You have to put it into practice. Second, noble. If we don't think, listen, noble means things that we should honor. If we don't think about what we should honor, we will never practice honor in our lives. This has become foreign to our culture. We don't think about what we should honor, but everyone. Do you have clear who and what you should honor? My wife. Come on. Put into practice. Everyone, honor your mother and father. Think, think about what you should be honoring. Okay, real quickly, write. Focus on developing a conforming mindset while this world celebrates non-conformity. This world says, I can do whatever I want. I can feel however I want. I don't have to follow the rules. But listen, a stop sign is a stop sign. Stop sign means that you stop, not, not a rolling stop. That's the way some people drive, okay? Okay, a red light is a red light. No parking means no parking. See, but some people say, well, that's for somebody else. For some reason, that rule doesn't apply to me. Yes, it does. The rules apply to us, and we have to conform, okay? See, not one amen on that one because nobody likes to conform, but that's all right, Paul. Somebody did give me an amen button. I'm going to start bringing it in here. Let me see. Listen, pure. Whatever is pure, this is the act of shifting our thoughts through clean eyes and clean conversations. Okay? It's, that means that, look, when you, you can't stop. If your eyes are open, you can see ugly things. You can see impure things, okay? My, I was in a leader's meeting once when I first got saved, and my father-in-law said this, Pastor. He said, it's not the first look. It's the second look that kills. You see? On your phone, 
you know, on your iPad, your computer, or wherever you are. So what we have to learn how to do is we have to learn to shift our eyes or even a conversation. Someone starts talking mess, you're like, mm, I'm going away from that conversation. So that we can stay pure. It's God's will for us to be pure. Listen, lovely. Lovely means focusing on things that are beautiful to God. How many know if it's not beautiful to God, maybe we shouldn't be focusing on that. This will save you from so much stress. Two more. Admirable. Admirable literally means, okay, to speak well of. It literally means to speak well of. So it means focus on whatever you can speak well of. If you can't speak well of it, don't dwell on it. That'll save us from gossip. It'll save us from all kinds of craziness. Simple. You want to de-stress your life? Just only focus on what you can speak well of. That's why I can only watch so much news. Because there's craziness on the news. I'd like, I rather read the news than watch the news and hear all of that. That endless, endless you know, some people live negative, negative, negative news. No, if it's not admirable, don't take a bath in that. Read the news, know what's up. We got it. We should know what's up. But fill your mind with, with more than Fox News or MSNBC or CNN, whatever you're into. Right? How many know we need to fill our minds with Philippians and Ephesians and Colossians? Amen. Hallelujah. And then lastly whatever is excellent, and those things which contain the highest moral character, okay? The highest moral character. That means that as Christians, we celebrate godliness. We celebrate godliness. So somebody gave me a book when I was about 20 years old. I had a job in Upper Manhattan. I was the manager of a chicken place. It was called Chicken Express. We put in out some good chicken back then. Chicken Express, I was the manager. And I would go and I would take a train there and I had a book, somebody gave me a book by Chuck Swindoll talking about getting your grip on life and had all of these different chapters. And um, so while I was managing, we had some work being done and the work crew came. And when the work crew came, they were um, opening the book. I left it where they were working and they were opening the book and they were laughing. I mean, howling, like mocking it. They were just mocking. The guy would go like this and he would read a line and he would just start mocking something that was talking about excellent moral character. We live in a day where people diminish character. People say, I don't have to conform. I can do whatever I want to do. I can celebrate whatever I want to celebrate. I was, uh, I think it was Pastor Matt who told me that, uh, uh, um, think about it this way, people, this whole gender identity thing, it's like, I can say whatever I want to say I am, regardless of how you were born, I can say whatever I want to am, whatever I am, whatever I want to am. <laughs> help me, Jesus, help me. <laughs> so listen, so Pastor Matt told me he was at dinner with some friends and the wife was telling the husband, hey, you can't eat that. Okay, you got health issues, you can't eat that. He said, listen, I can eat whatever I want because I'm slender neutral. 
go ahead and eat cupcakes and, 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 and fry this and fry that and see where it gets you. Oh no, you can't deny reality. There's right and there's wrong. Okay, and as Christians, we celebrate what's right. We celebrate what's excellent. We rejoice in what's excellent and godly and praiseworthy. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Holiness is good and wonderful. That's right. Now, I want to close with an example, and I, we don't, we're going to move into our prayer meeting. We'll pray for one another, but look, I got to hear a living example for you very quickly. So this past week, we had a team of people, see this team? They went to an event where we were, um, it was called, it's, a shi it's called Shining Star Awards. We minister not only in the in Cook County prison, on the prison side, but we also minister to the officers. And so we hosted an event for the officers. We've done this a few years now. Uh, a couple years ago, I was had the privilege of being at one. And so this year, this is the group obviously led by Pastor Jose, and we put out this big spread. Like, out of that offering that you gave, you guys, thank you, because you guys put on a great event for the officers of Cook County. Could we praise God for that? Amen. So now, look, I want to focus on one guy. This next picture is a picture of one of the brothers in our church, and his name is Rigo. This is Rigo. And Rigo is an amazing, amazing story. Listen to this. Rigo grew up as a ward of the state. He was incarcerated at the age of 18 and served 22 years, prison 10 years in solitary confinement. He met Jesus in a prison cell. Let me tell you something. No matter where you find yourself today, you can meet Jesus and Jesus wants to meet you. How many would say amen? So he met Jesus in a prison cell. He was radically transformed after he submitted his life to Christ. He was in a, in a tragic, like a, a near death. He lived for, for a couple weeks, like literally on the brink of death. He was in a, in a trucking accident. His body was tw twisted up in pretzel, like a pretzel. And we were praying for him, praying for his leg. They were going to cut off his legs. They were going to do all kinds of things. But the Spirit of God wonderfully kept him alive and kept transforming him and kept healing him. Hallelujah. So listen, so this past week they go to this, this uh, uh, award ceremony and he was there. Rigo went. Rigo is not allowed on the prison side because of his past. Okay, he's not allowed. He can't even go. They won't even let him in. You know, they say, no, because of your record, you can't come in here. But how many know Jesus has washed that record away and God wants to use him in mighty and powerful ways? So listen, now this is Rigo ministering, right? Could you give me the next slide? This is Rigo ministering to different officers. And Rigo was talking about the fact that these people used to be his enemies, and now he's their servant. Now he's there praying for them and sharing with them. Listen to what he said. He said, I saw the reality of what Jesus means when he makes all things new. How many know God can update our lives and make all things new for his glory? Come on, let's put our hands together and thank the Lord. Hallelujah. How does it happen? It's time for an update.
it's time for an update. We have to just say, Lord, I'm ready to start the process and to begin the journey of you changing my thinking. He's ready. The Spirit of God is ready. The Spirit of God is powerful enough. Whatever you might have, just know there's an X one of those because Christ has come into that situation. Let's lift our hands to him right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Blessed be your name, O oh God. You know, we're going to begin to sing, but as we begin to sing, if you need an update, you need a touch from God. It could be fear, or it could be pain, or it could be that you've got this cycle of worry that you can't cut loose. Or it could be a cycle of thinking negative things or angry things or perverted things. It doesn't matter what it is, what the details are. As we begin to sing, would you stand to your feet as a sign of surrender and saying, God, I'm ready. I'm ready for an update today. Hallelujah. someone's hand right now
Come on, even across the aisles. Let's join hands across the aisles. Everybody needs an update, beginning with the speaker. I need an update. I want an update. The Bible says be transformed. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. We're going to pray right now that all patterns of thinking would be broken in the name of Jesus. We're going to pray that all patterns would be broken and that peace would rush in. That peace would penetrate the, the, the darkest heart, the angriest heart, the most fearful heart. Hallelujah. Perfect love will cast out all fear. So come on, begin to pray right now. Let peace. Lord, we believe. Come on, pray that peace would flood to the left and to the right. By your mighty power, oh God. By your mighty power, flood every heart with your peace, oh God. Blessed be your name, O oh God. Blessed be your name.